Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti here. Got Rob Wilton uh, in the house. Uh, he's actually in town, and so um, I wanted to grab him um, and uh, and uh, have, sit down, have a little conversation, uh, <laughs> primarily about um, you know we're, we're both raising boys. Yep. Um, you've got three boys and a daughter. Three boys. I've got three boys and a daughter. Uh, mine are a little bit older than yours. Uh, I actually have two out of college now. <laughs> so, so think about that from where you're sitting. Yeah. Um, that uh, that one of these days, right? Those boys are going to be out of college and off. Right. You know, kind of on their own. Right. Uh, I don't know if you can imagine that. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some days they're yeah, a little closer to days, you than others. Right? Yeah. Y'all can get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's tons of tons of fun. But yeah, um, yeah the youngest one is a, is a sophomore for me. Your oldest is how old? Uh, about to turn 15. His oh, name's Bolt. Yeah. And uh, into lacrosse and football. Oh, and has long hair and he's just past me in height. Did he really? Yeah. So you're remind, looking up to him. He reminds me of that quite often. Okay. I've got I've got two that are taller than me. <laughs> and uh, I remember when the uh, when the oldest one passed me in height and we played a lot of basketball together. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, I remember when he blocked my shot one time. First time he ever blocked my shot. And he's like, Dad, you're so predictable. And I was like... Wow, like things are different now. <laughs> this, this has changed a little bit. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then my twin boys, they're about to turn 13, and they've not hit a growth spurt. And their older brother reminds them of that oh, all the time as well. Yeah. But they're basketball, football, yeah. and then the princess. She's almost 10. Almost 10. Yeah. Yeah, the baby. That's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it is fun. Um, I, I wanted to have a conversation with you just about um, – I don't know how to phrase this, but I, I was kind of thinking um, just kind of common – um, mistakes that guys make along the journey, right. um, and then some maybe um, some uncommon wisdom to apply to it, yeah. right? And yeah. so um, I'm going to kind of throw a couple out that kind of come to my mind and, and see what you think, and we can kind of go back and forth and just throw some stuff out. So um, one of them was the idea um, in terms of a, a young man um, just kind of thinking that they can do this journey on their own, mm-hmm. right? Com- common mistake, I think, mm-hmm. right? I think the um, the common logic that goes along with that is surround yourself with good people, right? right. And that seems like an absolute no-brainer, right? right? You know, like you, you can't do life alone. Um, you're meant to do life in community. God built us for community. Right. But the uncommon wisdom that I kind of think about it as I go through is is that, that role that God plays in that particular process, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. I think, you know, instead of just settling for surround yourself with good community, my concept that is is the idea that you've got to get connected to God first, right? Regardless of the community that you have around you, if you're alone and you're with God, in a sense, you're a majority, right? right. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're, you're good to go. What would yeah. you think about that concept? Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd first of all say my favorite example, so how, how great is the Apostle Paul, yeah. right? Like, I mean, we put him up there. Yeah, you know, I mean he's one, one of the best ever, he, right? One of the he, best yeah. ever. There's and Jesus, and then there's, there's a couple Je- guys yeah, like I Paul, mean, and <laughs> and try and find an example of him rolling on mission alone. Yeah, like always there were, went with there somebody. Always yep. the Timothys and yeah. and others that were around Barnabas, yeah, right? John Mark. I mean, there's just so many examples of that. Yep. 
So 100%. Yeah. We're never called to be lone rangers. Right. But I think what comes to my mind, because I've just done some premarital counseling with a with a uh, young couple in our church that's about to get married. And, <laughs> you know, the whole from Hollywood, you complete me yeah. lie. Okay. Right? Keep, keep going. Like, like, you know, Jerry Maguire, yes. you complete me. Yes. And, and that's just not true. Yeah. Like when you come together as one, even in a marriage, yes, you do bring things to the table yeah. for each other. But you are definitely not complete. But you are whole <laughs> and complete in God, yes. in Christ. Yeah. And I think... And when that it, other person becomes that completion factor yes. and they don't live up to it because they can't, they're, yes. they're not meant to, they're not equipped to, they're not built to, right? That void that's left, that God-sized void that you've tried to put another person in, right? Yep. Then we get we get frustrated and disappointed with the person yep. because they don't fill us up. They don't complete us. Yep. And it becomes frustrating. Yep. yep. And, I, and I think, look, I, I even, from my own personal testimony... I had I had a great group of guys through high school, um, the church that I was a part of, mm-hmm. which my dad was a pastor. We had a strong uh, student ministry, the whole deal. My first year in college uh, was a season of rebellion, and I, I think what the Lord had to do for me, you know, sometimes you got to go through the the valley before yeah. you get to the mountain yeah. top. Uh, God had to strip away some of the things that I had made God. Mm. Right and truly become God for me. Like so, in this point of crisis in my life, now I don't have my dudes. I don't have the structure. I don't have all those other things. I found out real quickly maybe I was more locking in on people yeah. than God. Yeah. And when all that was stripped away, it became a point of crisis to where you know I didn't I didn't do anything to have to go to jail or anything, but I was rebelling yeah. and I was tasting of the world. And it, it brought me to my knees yeah. to where truly my relationship with Christ became primary. Yeah. And and I would say the same thing happened for me and my wife's journey. We dated for seven years, and we had one epic breakup before we got engaged. Okay. But when we broke up, we became more complete in Christ before we became one flesh, right, yeah. in marriage. And we both say the reason why I think we've had such a – happy marriage is because of when we broke up. Yeah. We became more dependent upon the Lord than each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Trisha and I have a similar story. Yeah. Um, it was more on me than it was on her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a little crisis because my family was falling apart. And so okay. I, I really felt like that I was not going to be able to complete her, right. right? To be the man that she needed. I went, right. um, spent um, you know a couple of months just kind of reading through scriptures and mm-hmm. looking at all the men in scripture and just mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, what kind of man does Trisha need as right. her husband? Right. Uh, and I walked away from that experience saying, um, there's some really unimpressive guys in scripture yeah. with a really impressive God. <laughs> that's good. That's, <laughs> right? and that's I was like, really good. Hey, I can be that, right? Yeah. I can be a pretty unimpressive guy with a yeah. really impressive God. And, yeah. and it was really more that kind of idea of Trisha doesn't need me to love her well. She needs me to love God well. Yeah. And then for me to allow God to love her through me. Yeah. And so, you know, Dan Panetti at his best day is not even going to get close to God at his worst. Yeah. And and if I can, you know, if I can just allow God to love his daughter right. through me right. so that when I don't love her well, he still will. Right. right. When I don't have the patience, he still will. Right. Right. When I don't have 
um, you know, the energy, right? I don't have the vision. I don't have the understanding. God does, and he right. supplies that. And right. so that was, that was my crisis as well. So. Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the greatest commandment, right, what, what Jesus, he didn't just tell us to love people. He told us to love God, love God. and then love people. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like that, that concept you said, though, that, that wilderness experience is sometimes God does strip us away from all those things that we have made, idols yep. or gods, right? Yep. Second commandment, right? Should, shouldn't have any other gods before me. And you're like, what, what does that even mean? Like, right. I'm not going to worship other gods. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> right. But you can make things gods in your life, right. right? And so when God does a great thing to you and strips those away to allow him to take that not only preeminent place, but right. a place that only one thing fits, right? Right. That that is really a God in your life, those other things then find their proper perspective. Yep. Those friendships, those relationships, those skills, those abilities, all those things, right, get placed in the role of, hey, now that I'm God's man, yep. I can use the things that he's given me for his glory. Yeah, the, the pinnacle of your discipleship and your growth should be your time with the Lord. Amen. Like, Period. Amen. And you'd be amazed. I mean, I'm a church planner at how many people um, don't see that. What they see is a discipleship program in our church is their pinnacle, right? Yeah. Or okay. my sermon on Sunday. Yeah. Like if which are good. Which are which are good. I'm just. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you, you won't know, pat yourself on the back, but you might be one of the best. My wife right? is an amazing sermon writer. I mean, let's just say that. <laughs> but you deliver them, right? You're the man up there giving yeah. it with that. Uh, you know, well, I was talking before that that South African Cajun accent that, that very few people have. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's true. Like they they we've put. Yes. All these things around yeah. us that are all great things to help us grow, but they should never be the pinnacle exactly. of our of yeah. our spiritual well being. Yeah. Well, even even that saying that. So, like, I mean, and you're a pastor, yeah. right? You're, you, when a person comes in there, um, if you're doing all the work uh, that, that you've fed yourself on, right? You've studied, you've right. read, you've you've spent time in the Word. But if you're delivering that to people who are spiritually starving, yep. that's different than people totally who are different. than people who are coming in there and they're receiving from the Word of God, and they're they're also taking what you're saying and taking it back to the Word of God and saying, "Hey, let me let me make sure right yep. this is lining up." That's a totally different audience, right? Absolutely. Because now it's not the "Hey, I, I hit a home run sermon." It's the you know what that, that was great. I'm feeding myself already, yep. but I'm coming in right, and now we're dining together. Absolutely. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> totally different than if you're the only one bringing the meat and potatoes and right. people are just starving for it because they haven't gotten any throughout the week. And I think that's that's a great reminder to us that right, you're, you have to have that alone time with God right. um, to have that growth. Uh, and then you can take that to the community around you. Right. Well, and, and let's just be honest, people and even pastors, I know this sounds crazy, let you down. <sighs> Like, we are imperfect. That's yeah, true. And we have bad days, yeah. and we don't call people back, and yeah. we're not there at all time. And it's amazing how many people, and, and I would say this is applicable to my story and going off to college, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now I don't have this security blanket of people around me and yep. all this kind of stuff, and I, I wasn't feeding myself. I, I wasn't having a personal relationship with the Lord. And, right. and we're able to, in a sense, we need to lean into – accountability and friendships and uh, programs and sermons and preaching and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I love what you just said, dining together. Yeah. What, how, how different would uh, a, a brotherhood look like if everyone had at some level uh, studied, prepared, 
tapped into the Holy Spirit, uh, feasted upon the Lord, yep. and then all five of those people who've done that right. now come together. Now we get together. Now you're yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah, I what, love that. What I think we saw even right in the book of Acts. Now you're talking movement stuff. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, second one. Okay. Um, kind of a, a mistake that people make, and it's just the opposite, right? Um, but instead of instead of the idea of walking through life on your own, um, the idea that you walk through life with a community of people, but in some way um, kind of um, overestimating the influence that they have in your life, right? And so, you know, the, the, the journey that you go through, I've often heard it said that you're the average of the five closest people around you. Right. right? And I, at some level, there's some truth to that. But again, the problem with that is um, if I'm walking with the Lord, right, then the five people around me hopefully don't have as much influence as the Lord does in my life. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I look at you know, Jesus on his journey. Mm-hmm. Was, was he the average of the, you know, five <laughs> people around him? And the answer is no. no. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, the, the 12 guys and, you know, the ladies around him, he wasn't the average of those at all. Mm. So when he was in a group, he obviously raised the level right. of the group that he was in. Right. Um, but yet community was important for him. And so it's not that you under... Um, value community, but don't overvalue it as well. And right. so uh, again, back to that concept, right? It's it's your relationship with the Lord is the most important relationship. It is the preeminent relationship, it is the defining relationship, even more so than your spouse, right. even more so than your, you know, your group of guys, even more so than your kids, your work, anything else. Right. Um, but then once that relationship with God is central, it defines the other relationships around you. Right. And so I just think from a, from a young man as he's making a journey um, and somebody tells you, hey, you know, here's the thing. Like, if you want to be wealthy, hang around wealthy people. Right. And my thing is always like, be, be careful of that concept. Yeah. Right. Because if you're hanging around God, right, then his call in your life may be different than what you're thinking and what other people around you think is valuable. Right. So, so you know. Be careful of just the, the idea of placing good people around you or even godly people around you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're connected to God, mm-hmm. make that the central focus of what you're trying to do. Thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, you know, it, it goes back down. So let's not negate the the importance of finding Pauls in your life. Okay. That are mentoring Timothy's. That are mentoring, yep. right? Yep. But I would say I've grown the most when I actually seek out opportunities to be around a Timothy situation. So what I mean by that is I've put myself in connection with a group because I fully intend to give as much as I would get. I like that. So I'm I'm leaning in Mm -hmm. with the purpose of what you just said, raising the bar or influencing. Maxwell says leadership is influence, right? I'm coming into this group knowing and recognizing that I have something to offer and ultimately, what I have to offer is not myself; it's what God has been teaching me. Yeah, and 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 we just know that's yeah. the. That's, so I'm, I'm open to receiving. Yes, right. Which is always a position of saying, "Hey, God, when you place me in pl- yes. positions, I'm going to learn yeah. from those who are around me." But hopefully, because I've been tapped into the source. I've also got something that I can teach where I go as well. Right. And so being open to that concept that, you know, where, where you are, the wisdom of God is. You know, I, I love that when, 
you know, Bible kind of gives you the idea that um, you have the opportunity literally to speak the words of God. Mm-hmm. I've got the Holy Spirit with me. Mm-hmm. When I open my mouth, uh, right, it can either be words driven by the flesh, right, and Dan Panetti's wisdom, which, right. you know, <laughs> nobody really needs, but, right. Or, we all need it. We, uh, Absolutely. Or, or it, can be, it can be the wisdom of God yep. that I can allow him to give me, right, to to bring into a situation. Yep. Like I literally can speak the words of life, yep. right, or the words of death, yep. right? And, you know, and when God says choose life, I mean, it's that idea of choose the words, right, that are going to bring the power of the Holy Spirit yep. into the situation around you. Yep. And you have the opportunity to make that decision. So yep. that's yep. incredible. Yeah, I think uh, jumping into this mindset that like, I can't remember how you, the, you're, you're the sum of the five people. Yep. That's yep. just such a... Uh, uh, I don't know if "victim"s the right word, but I think it's like it limits it. Yeah, right. Like, it just it just limits, you know, me and who I am. Um, but yet, it it brings an awareness that the people around me do have an influence. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's a it's an easy cop out. Yeah, right. It's an easy cop out. Uh, it removes you from ownership. Yeah, a little bit of that. Right. Yeah. So you know, and and if that's if that's what to go back to what we said in the first point. If that's what's going to determine the status of your spiritual growth or how you're doing in life or whatever else, man, we 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 we've got to really tap into the Lord, yeah. Because the Lord did not, uh, you know, create us uh, to be so swayed. Yep. He's given us resolve. I mean, that's what I'm here preaching on this weekend, right? Daniel had resolve. I like that. Daniel one eight. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel had this resolve. Yeah. No matter the circumstances, no matter who was around him, to be true to who God called him to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good story. That's a good. Good character. Um, okay, my next thought. Okay. right, is the whole idea of uh, young guys um, who think less of themselves because of their humble beginnings, right? Um, I didn't come from the right family. Um, I wasn't brought up in the church. Um, you know, I, I hear this from guys all the time. Right. Um, this whole idea that, um, you know, in, in, in a sense, you know, there, there's a, they've been hamstrung, right? That um, they're not f- as far along, you know, in their journey of life where, where they want to be um, because of certain things that, that have, you know, prevented them from, from moving forward, right? right? And so... I think, you know, conventional wisdom is this idea, you know, it doesn't really matter where you begin. It matters where you end. Get on your horse and get going, right? right? Which I think is interesting. My thing is, it's interesting, is sometimes I think God um, wants to use your humble beginnings to take whatever mess that was and make it into the message. Like, don't don't miss out on mm-hmm. that fact, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, not everybody can start at the same spot. Mm-hmm. And so if you started at a different, different spot, Maybe ask God, hey, what do you want to do with this? Right. right? What do you want to do with this humble beginning? What do you want to do? You know, hey, maybe I came from a broken family. Well, fantastic. Like, what do you want to do with that? Right. Because you can minister to people from broken families a lot better, right, with a connectedness, right, that people from, you know, intact families don't have, right? right. You have a, a greater sense of awareness, right? And so just kind of that, that mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, don't miss out on um, the things that may, may look like a negative to mm-hmm. you. Um, that have kept you back as opposed to that might be the fuel that God uses to propel you to where he wants to get you to go. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, uh, there's one common theme throughout scripture (laughs) (laughs) and it's God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And for where we are weak, he is strong. Yeah. 
And and truthfully, that's our entrance into the gospel is not what we've done for God. Right. It's what He's done for us. Yep. Right. My summary I love saying is you can't, but Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now you can. Now you can. But the reality is, I would say that the the more difficult your background, the more humble your beginnings, the more it looks to the world that you shouldn't be able to do what you've done. That's right. You are, this is how I like to describe it, the perfect recipe for a miracle of God. Yeah. And throughout Scripture, you can go look at so many stories. God didn't select the brightest, the best, the perfect. The He, he chose people that the world would have never said sure. could do that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what's the goal of God working in and through us? It's God's glory, not ours. Uh, yep. So God's actually interested in finding someone who's available. My wife preaches this to me all the time. He doesn't God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. availability right? right. <laughs> and if and if you are a stutterer, if you don't feel like you have the talent, yep. if you've had the the rough background, yes, okay, what you just said. God works all things for the good, right? So that means if he has to turn something that was bad for good, just know that God could have brought you through something because he's going to use you because of now your frame of reference and understanding and wisdom from that to be a blessing to someone who's going through that very same thing. But secondly, the more you say you can't, I think the actual perfect recipe for a miracle God thing's about to happen. Uh, I don't share this all the time, but when I was a kid, I flunked classes because I refused to stand up in front of people and speak. Really? I was scared to death to speak. And something switched, I believe, was when the Lord called me into full-time ministry around college. And I still get nervous. People think I'm all charismatic on the front row. I'm getting my nerves out. I still get nervous every time I speak. But it's it's always been the reminder to me that yeah. this isn't me. Yeah. This isn't me. This yeah. I, I, I know the me. little kid that I was. Yeah. And I, I know how I fought people because I would not stay in front of class to wow. deliver any message. And today I speak all the time. Yeah. That's God, yeah. and that's what God wants to do through your life, too. Perfect example right yep. there. I love that. Now, let's take the the exact 180 on that. Yep. What about the person who comes from um, a great family, right? Great beginnings, yep. right? Um, you know, a, a great church, great mentor, um, you know, and, 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 and part of this, right, is also you, yep. <laughs> right? 100%. So it's, it's kind of funny, right? You, you've got, you know, both, I, I think, in, in a lot of people. Um, but, you know, the, the person, and I always think of, you know, Luke, 1248 says, to whom much is given, much is required and expected. Um, and so, you know, for a young man who has that background, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, a, as opposed to saying, hey, because I've been given so much, um, you know, you know, look at all the great that I can do with it. Yeah. It's like, you no, know, because you've been given so much, look at all the great things that God can do with what he's already like, planted, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's already you know, got the field ready for the seeds to be planted, get out yeah. there and plant them, yeah. right? And so I, I think it's that, that reminder to us of regardless of your humble beginnings or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the great gifts that God has given you, right? When you give those to God, right, it's amazing what he can do with those. Right. Yeah, I think the the other side of it is just it's, you know, if, if, the, if the one who's come into life with a little bit of a rougher dose of life mm-hmm. and they need encouragement— one who's come into life that has a lot of things, they need humility. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The the sons of thunder, 
right? Yep. Who wanted to be the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Which side am I on? Right? <laughs> like they need to be humbled. Yes. But to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. Um, I love Acts 9.31. Okay. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church multiplied. Uh-huh. And so fear of the Lord is maybe what I would share to one who's strutting a little bit. Yep. Yep. Right? Keep yourself humble. Be thankful with gratitude of all the gifts that God has given you and right. all the amazing things, but know that your life is not your own. Yes. And and God has designed those blessings for his glory. Then there's walk in the fear of the Lord, comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's the word for someone who's had a rough go at it. Yep. And just know he's the lifter of our heads. And and God has prepared you to do great things. And I love so it. that's the sweet spot for both sides of that coin. And and hopefully multiplication happens, which is what happened in Acts nine thirty one. I love it, love it. Last thing is, um, just a, a I think a common mistake a lot of young guys that I know make mm-hmm. um, is that they'll address spiritual things later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know the 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 wisdom of that right is from a conventional standpoint. So many people want to. Um, you know, be successful in the things of the world, and then they'll get to the spiritual things, which are, you know, kind of weightier matters, right? Heavier matters, bigger matters, right? When they're more mature, right? I mean, you know, they don't want to be a kid wrestling with these things, right? right? So it's like, you know, you go to college, you, you know, you do stupid stuff, right? You know, you get married, you have kids, you have a family, and then it's like, okay, now, now it's time to start addressing, you know, the big issues of life, right? right? And, And my thing is just, you know, I think, the concept is if it's important, address it today. If it's not important, don't waste your time with it, mm-hmm. right? If, if God is the most important thing in life, then when you're six, when you're eight, when you're 10, right, address who he is and try to figure it out now. Yeah. Um, if he's not that big of a deal, then don't waste your time with it, right? right? If you can do life on your own and, and you've got it all figured out and you, know, you wake up in the morning and you're not worried about you know, the earth spinning around the sun, you're like, hey, who cares, man? <laughs> right? I, I, got, I got this. Yeah. Right? Then, then you don't need to address who God is, right? Because, you're, hey, you're the center of the universe, so don't right. waste time with it. But I, I think it's just don't – my thing is really you know, that don't wait to try to address who God is and what he means until later in life. Um, because I think you you just you miss so much of what God could be doing um, in planting seeds and deepening you um, and preparing you for something great where you miss it. Like, you know, if you, if you start addressing things when you're 50, right. you, you've missed it. Right? Yep. The first 50 years of your life, you could have been doing something for God. Yep. And, and he only gets the last, you know, 20 years or 30 years of your life. It's like right. that, that's that's not a good life to me. No. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think every day is a gift. Yep. And every opportunity um, – is an opportunity to make a difference in this world. Where does that start? That starts with our, as we've been talking about, communion with the Lord, a relationship with the Lord, and getting to know him and grow to become like him. Yes. God can use a six-year-old as much as a 50-year-old. And why wait? You know, the, the realities of, the, the truths of God's word, although might look a little bit different and even in our lack of understanding or life, you and I at our age mm-hmm. have some perspectives that a six-year-old doesn't yeah. or that a 13-year-old doesn't. But the richness of God is the same yeah. from one generation at every level to the next. And I think um, 
cultivating the the core of your communion with the Lord as early as possible. Yeah. I, I know. I I don't know about you, Dan. I mean, I look back and I've been wasting my time with a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> and and it's amazing how you get a little older, you get more urgent. Yeah. So those of you who are younger, learn from these two old guys on this podcast right now and press in earlier. Press in earlier. Yeah. Uh, I know that was wasted time in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But uh you know, the, the, the Lord's gracious and he's kind and uh but but the urgency that you're speaking to is so important. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things when I when I look at young men, um and I and I say, you know, if if I were the enemy coaching against mankind, right? My, my primary attack would be on young men. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if I can get the young men, um, distracted, discouraged, um, disappointed, um, you know, focused on the things of the world, they're going to be temporary. Um, and I can keep them distracted as long as possible by the time they figure out, you know what, this stuff isn't important. This mm-hmm. temporary stuff is just temporary. <laughs> the eternal stuff is where I want to put my focus. Right. And I can keep them until they're 50, 60, 70 before they focus on that. Then the energy that they bring to that yep. right is very little, yep. um, and the depth that they bring to it is is pretty insignificant as well. But if I get a you know sixteen year old kid right you know ten year old kid who's yep. interested in spiritual things, interested in eternal things at a young age, you're right. At the beginning, it seems like right they don't bring a lot to the to the table because they're young, mm-hmm. but multiply that now exponentially. That you know that ten year old who becomes twenty becomes thirty becomes forty right all of a sudden they've got forty years of walking with the Lord right their depth of their insight and their understanding and their relationship and when they open the Word of God right and it's like you know I've been through this thing five ten you know twelve times right, right? imagine what that life would look like right. right on that particular journey if you started you know earlier yeah. and took it seriously yeah. and I, I just think that you know for our young guys you know. Um, you know, we've we got the Super Bowl, things like that coming up, mm-hmm. right? So many young guys spend so much time um, focusing after things that seem like they're important, but, you know, we all hang up the cleats and we yeah. all move on to other focuses of our life. But yeah. the spiritual part gets a, you know, secondary or even worse than that priority in our life. Imagine if that became the preeminent focus of our life and then we also played football (laughs) (laughs) or we also played music or we also did something else. Right. But our spiritual life was preeminent. And then we did that for 40, 50, 60 years of our life. Imagine what the culture would look like with men, right. Who are the spiritual leaders, not Mm -hmm. only of their family, but of our community. Mm -hmm. And I just think that would be such a different focus. Yeah. I shared with you, my, my uh, oldest who's 14, Mm -hmm. we're going through uh, John Tyson's primal path this year. Okay. And, the simple discipline, I mean, like literally, I flew into Dallas last night, and me and my son are on a FaceTime call having a 15-minute devotional together. The discipline that I'm embedding within his heart right now, that minimally five days a week, we're opening up the Word. Yeah. We're like, just think about if he stays that course right. and he's 50. Yes. And and how much richness he's pulled from knowledge and experience and prayer and seeking the Lord. And, and that's where I think my, my spiritual disciplines were a little bit more random yeah. and they were still significant. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was missed, right? Yeah. Missed opportunity, yeah. missed seasons to dive into the richness of who God is. Yeah. 
So good. So good. Well, that's good. Um, I, I love, you know, your three boys, my three boys, yep. and our precious daughters. <laughs> in, the, in the midst of those uh, those boys that we're raising them in, uh, right. right now my daughter's in college, and so she's not around her brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even though she misses them, right, yeah. it's, it's a good season for her yeah. uh, uh, to grow and develop as a, as a young lady. Um, but, uh, you know, just those, those young men I think about, um, you know, how do we get them focused on the things that are important um, and, and, and grow them up. And I think, you know, if our boys could stand on our shoulders mm-hmm. from a spiritual perspective and then their boys could stand on their shoulders and then their boys could stand on their shoulders, yeah. imagine what three or four or five generations of godly young men would look like. Yeah. Um, that'd, be a, that'd be a nice tree in our culture. Oh, there's no doubt. And I've shared this with my story. My, my grandfather, my papa, who's with Jesus today, uh, John Wilton, first Wilton in our family that we can trace back that ever met Jesus, followed Jesus, whatever. And, uh, you know, his three sons met Jesus. I was born of the second son, my mm-hmm. dad. Uh, me and my brother and my sister none know Jesus. And uh, now John's great grandkids, which are my kids, all love Jesus. Yeah. And that's the dream. And that's so I always, I always challenge if there's anybody listening right now, you don't have anyone in your family that's, that's uh, ever come to faith in Jesus. Start praying for your great-grandkids right now. That's right. Now. Be, the, be the first. And do what we're talking about. Start now. That's awesome. Be, be urgent with it. Soak into the richness of God and then start pouring into the future. Right. Well, appreciate the conversation and Absolutely. the encouragement for young guys. So thanks, Rob. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.